everybody um welcome to i don't know what number this is uh of the bp supplement um i'm tyler smith i'm david Bax, and uh and we've got uh in continuing our series it's been a while since we've done one of these uh we're having our old guests back and just discussing you know uh, the movies that they like and uh and really whatever else strikes our fancy so uh so we've got uh uh one of our one of our first guests we've got mike schmidt back on the show mike how you doing guys thanks for having me back i appreciate it at the bp supplement that's right. <laughs> that's right. Fancy new name, fancy new digs. So well, that's what we call the uh, the mini episodes. Ah. Right, right. Our, our, our BP supplements. Is that your way of telling me to keep it short? <laughs> sure. Yeah. This is a mini episode, Mike. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's it's one of those episodes where we keep it short. Uh, we don't go off on long tangents. We try and remain interesting, please. Uh, just, you know, <laughs> all kinds of things. Two out of three so. of those are going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, and so and it you know right before we started recording, it occurred to me that uh, that uh, you have not been on the show in over a year, and in that time, you have started your own podcast that I have to assume has probably vastly exceeded ours in popularity, and uh, and so it's called the Forty Year Old Boy for those that aren't uh, aren't aware of it. Yeah, you can that. search the Forty Year Old Boy, and that's the number forty four zero, the Forty Year Old Boy in iTunes or. Search Mike Schmidt in iTunes or go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com uh, and yeah. go to the podcast page. You can subscribe there. It is uh, hilarious. I, You're uh, too nice. We, we listen every week. and uh, Together. Together. We, yeah, together, we, we get it together. <laughs> One get set of headphones. Just <laughs> yeah. put your heads together and put them on either ear. Oh. <laughs> Sipping out of a, you know, a, a milkshake or something. or something. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Get some Sleepy Bear tea. <laughs> Fantastic. That's the only way to listen to my show. That's how I do it. I wear a robe. I put some slippers on. I put on the cans, and I just I don some. I drink some tea. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, I just wanted to, to mention that for those that uh, that don't listen to it, it's it's very funny and uh, and we enjoy it a lot. But that's not what we're here to talk about, David. Sorry. All right. We're here to talk about. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to. Didn't mean to bring things into a negative. Place. I didn't know there was so much tension on the BP supplement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this mini soda is going to get a lot maxi if you guys exactly. wind up swinging at one another. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, this is where we just finally just air all of our grievances. All right, I'm tired of David's bullshit. <laughs> this is why you had um, me over. Yeah, I just, to you're, you're like, well, Mike, uh, he's a good ref. I mean, he's like exactly. six two, three bills. <laughs> exactly. He can get between us and save the apartment if anything happens. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so movies. You like them. I enjoy them. <laughs> I don't know how to get into this. So what are some of your favorite movies of all time? I know Listen, it's a very broad question. I apologize. I was on this show uh, over a year ago and bored people to tears with my love of Reservoir Dogs. I don't know if they <laughs> want to hear it again. All right. Uh, but I mean, Tarantino movies, you know what I mean? I, uh, okay. I, I even liked Grindhouse a lot. Okay. I even, even, you know, Death Proof, I, uh, I, I gave it the benefit of the doubt as I sat through long stretches of that Australian chick fucking talking, which yeah. I was like, oh, I mean, I love dialogue and I love Tarantino, but it's got, you know, I also love it when it's delivered by certain people. So I, right. I Kurt Russell did great. Oh, he was fantastic. Well, yeah. the, whole, the whole opening of Death Proof is the best. Yeah. It, it's just this, the second story in Death Proof where uh, he has to go and try to kill the stunt woman chick and then the, 
and sassy black woman and uh, <laughs> who honestly the whole movie you're rooting for her to die you're like please honestly as long as she goes through a fucking windshield I don't care what happens the rest of this movie uh, and, is there a language in the BP supplement no, no it's, it's fine one go twice? ahead alright I apologize yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I'm a huge I, you know what I will t- here's, I will just say this here's right. what is not one of my favorite movies of all time I know that's not what we're talking about that's fine uh, I went to a midnight screening of the day the earth stood still oh okay ago, and uh, I can tell you the Wolverine trailer was fantastic oh <laughs> Wolverine trailer uh, and and it's, I, it, let's put it this way. That'll say a lot about Day of the Earth Stood Still when you see the television commercials for Day of the Earth Stood Still, and they go, it's the only place where you can see the trailer for <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, because I, I don't know if that's worth another million or two at the box office, but uh, you know they sh- they're... They should run it at the end of Day the Earth Stood Still to prevent people go. from getting up and stalking out of the theater because <laughs> that movie was grim. It was it was terrible. I, I apologize. Their special effects were okay. I mean, uh, you know, and, and Gort was great. Okay. Uh, but, man, the... Uh, just the dialogue. I, all right, I have to. I apologize, everybody. Uh, in the opening movie, Jennifer Connelly's like a scientist, and uh, she has Will Smith's kid as her stepson. Of course, she does. And uh, within 15 minutes, the government is at her door. Of course, that thing with all the you know nine cops. Yeah. And they're like, "You need to come with us immediately, Doctor Benson." And she's like, "Why?" And they're like, "You need to come with us." And she goes, "Am I being arrested?" No, but you are in federal custody. Uh, and they say, is there anyone who can watch the boy? Then she gives him to, the kid to a neighbor. They, bring her, they drag her out, there, and she's asking, why are you taking me? They won't answer. They don't know why. They take her to an airport. They put her in a helicopter. First guy she sees has a beard down to his chest. He goes, my name is Yusuf. Do you know why we are being taken? Ugh. And I, I, It's a fastball down the middle. How does she not go, well, I know why you are. Your name is Yusuf, <laughs> and you have a beard down the middle of your chest. This is not good news for me. <laughs> Anytime the government puts you on a helicopter with Yusuf and his beard, things are not going to go well. <laughs> and uh, and I laughed out loud, of course, because I'm stupid. And uh, and then the rest of the movie was kind of downhill from there. Uh, hmm. There's some, like I said, the special effects are kind of cool, yeah. you know. But and, and the the I, I won't uh, can't give twists away. Whatever. So there you go. I know we're here to talk about favorites, but that's fresh in my mind because I saw it just the anything other day. you want to complain about is fine too. Sure, I don't, why not? I'm not opposed to. Well, it. then I'll tell you. Instead of going to see Day of the Earth Stood Still, go see Let the Right One In. Because oh, that's really? The one, yeah, you should see the the vampire movie. I've been meaning to see that. For oh, a dude, while you got to see it. It's great. The only the only thing is, it's got. That glacial pacing that people parody oh, yeah. of movies from that area, <laughs> you uh-huh. know, like any movie from Sweden or Finland, right. yeah. has a lot of people, you know, staring at clocks, like that kind of nonsense. <laughs> and, and it does play a little bit like an SCTV sketch, partly. You know, I don't know uh, on SCTV, which is an old television show from the '80s. I forget how young everybody is. Uh, it was a it was a sketch show, kind of like Saturday Night Live, but it was funnier. And uh, they parodied like an Ingmar Bergman film, and it's that you know that you know the person in half light, and then the other right. person's face comes in from the side, <laughs> and they're just monotone talking, and you know uh, it, it, that kind of plays a little bit because it's a you know subtitles and stuff, right. and it's all snowy and dark the whole uh, movie. Oh, nice! Uh, but boy, was it great! It was so good. Well, they yeah. already, I think, I can't remember what studio, but already there's uh, plans for an American. Of course, remake. there are. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> And, yeah, I and you know who's going to be in it? Keanu Reeves and Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> put them in it. And Did you ever see the original Day of the Earth Stood Still? Uh, oh, of course. I love that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah as yeah. a kid, yeah. And and uh, and the idea, the Gort, you know, every, everything's newer and bigger and better. But still, the idea to make Gort larger, you know what I mean? It, it yeah. was smart. I mean, it's really, and uh, again, I can't give too much away about Gort, but, uh, but he's the best part of the film, you know, for me right. anyway. And then the dialogue, and then Will Smith's kid is, you know, who's making remaking Karate Kid, and yeah. I am yeah. stunned to hear that. And now they're doing it in China. Did you hear that? 
Oh, no. It's not a kid in the valley who comes in and goes to a high school. It's a kid who goes to China for some reason, and, and then he meets Chinese. And the, the, the interviewer said, isn't karate a Japanese art? Like, why are you? <laughs> and, uh, and Will Smith is like, no, it started in China in the 15th century. Like, they've got, now they've got yeah. their pat answer of why they're going to China. And, uh, and I don't know if Will Smith just wanted a chance to go to China and try to convert some people into Scientologists. I don't know why they're <laughs> filming it there. Uh, but his kid's got a. I hope he cuts his hair off because he looks like he looked like a little girl in this movie. I, I don't know. I, hmm. I'm complaining far too much about nothing. But <laughs> there, believe me, there's bigger issues with Day of the Earth stood still than than the kid's hair. But it, uh, yeah, he was. Uh, I wanted to see it. I'm I'm bummed that it uh, that it's not getting very good reviews. And 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 all the reviews, they all say exactly what I was worried would happen. That and that is that uh, Keanu Reeves. You know, is just very is trying to be very precise, very uh, not like a person. Yeah. And it's like, just do what you normally do. He's he can be right and he can be good in the right role. And that type of role could have been good for him. But then he's like, oh, no, no, don't don't try and act this. You just do what you always do. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but what's funny is it's, it's almost contagious because the Kathy Bates is talking to him. She winds up talking with the blank slate like he does. Ugh. Why are you here? What do you mean? Why am I here? But why have you come to this planet? Like it's all this weird enunciation. You're like, what the hell's happening? I love Kathy Bates. I don't like any uh, movie she, that she's uh, got. It's a thankless role. She's got uh, nothing to do in this movie. And the whole movie's a parable for what's going on now, of right. course. Sure. And uh, you know, Al, uh, Keanu Reeves is basically Al Gore. You That's, know what I mean? He, he just he's like, you know what? Seriously, you guys are ruining this country, this planet, and we we got to do something about it. Like that's that's another thing that, and you know, this is just like. The, the original day the Earth stood still, it's like the Cold War. Something that could come to nuclear destruction of countries. And it's like, and, and what with like, you know, the, the types of wars going on now and just the attitude towards it, they could have really updated it along those lines and made it really powerful. But they choose to go with something, you know, kind of like, you know, the happening where they turn it into kind of an environmental type thing. And, uh, and I know that what the happening was. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was a movie where it li- like it was like the old uh, like an old serial when they could have just put a question mark up at the end, like the end with a question mark. They didn't even need the end at the end of the happening. Just put the question mark because that's what everybody had on their face at the end of the movie. And we looked around like what just fucking happened? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. That, but I, I understand exactly what you're saying. They, yeah, they tried to teach you a lesson, even though it's you know subtle or but also like little things like Kathy. Bates is the Secretary of Defense, mm. and once all the shit starts hitting the fan, the President and the Vice President are sent to separate locations. Ah. We never see them ever. Okay. You see their helicopters depart, and at one point, Kathy Bates is on the phone with the President. Hmm. But that was their little, the President's been absent for the last eight years type ah. of, you know, you, you know that's exactly what they meant. It's like, yeah. oh, this is what happens when no one's in charge. Like that, that, oh, know, yeah. All very subtle, but it was very obvious, and, I, and yeah. just... Just a big carbon footprint in, on the world of movie making that they didn't need to make. It's a it's a shame that uh, like I love Kathy Bates; she's my favorite actress. And then I know John Hamm is in it, and uh, I'm not a big fan of Jennifer Connelly, but I think she can be really good. And you know, again, in the right role. Well, she is a good actress, but now it's more important that she maintains her, uh, her focus and faces the camera because once she turns to the side, she completely disappears. Hmm. She's uh. 2D. I don't know what happened to her. She lost, like, I mean, she didn't have any weight to lose to begin with, but yeah. she lost it all. I mean, you go to Ask to Ask from Ruck Room for a Dream, and you're like, oh, my God, that is the hottest chick of all time, even though it's a tragic scene. Let's not, you know, get past <laughs> yeah. that. But, uh, 
But she's, I mean, you know, are, are on the hobby horse and career opportunities and you're on the hot spot. I mean, go, seriously, Google Jennifer <laughs> Connelly and see what she used to look like and understand that why now she became a serious actor. She, you know, traded her tits for an Oscar. I, I mean, it's just, it's awful. Uh, but she's in that, yeah, and she's in this movie and she's, and again, this is my problem with all these movies. And again, it's because I'm growing up, I guess, and I'm yeah. seeing these type of films. Uh, they, uh, they have to, you know, they, they have a budget that goes towards special effects. So they can't hire like a ton of actors. So at one point in this movie, there's a, there's an army officer who's very evident. Like you, you he's he's a he has a big role and mm-hmm. he has a very blatant mustache. So he's he he's striking. I mean, you recognize yeah. him the second you see him. He's in a remote uh, location organizing a strike, like a military strike. Okay. He's going all right, my at my command and all that shit. Then. He's in Alexandria, Virginia, on the battlefield. Then he's like in New York. I mean, is, <laughs> does the army not have any other officers other than this guy heading up the task force on Gort and the aliens who have come to take over the Earth? Well, he's One clearly, guy. He's clearly doing a good job. You know, they sure. gotta. You know, they gotta ship him around. Even though all everything he does fails, <laughs> exactly. the strike fails, everything fails. Well, we gotta get this guy over there. Well, we need to put him out there immediately. It's like the Saw movies. Well, you know, Saw is ridiculous, and I know it's not uh, taken on its face. It's ridiculous. But see, are there four police? officers? officers in that entire town <laughs> this guy's been killing people for years and every time it's one fbi agent who goes to his lair and cuts the yellow caution tape and sneaks in and nobody's there to tell him not to ever that drives me insane and still i pay to see them i pay to see the saw movies did you see the, the most recent one? Oh yes i did <laughs> and laughed uproariously through the whole thing so I've, I've i've learned to take it like that i mean to me those are ridiculous I, like i said on their face yeah. but the fact that you know Costas Mandalore is able to like he just goes back to the hideout and he and then that other FBI agent keeps going to the FBI headquarters and there's there's three FBI agents on the on the on duty there's the the main FBI agent <laughs> the guy who's the renegade who's kind of on suspension mm-hmm. and then that woman with the glasses who keeps answering the phone like she every time they call the FBI no matter what time it is hold on I'll put you right through really what are you a robot <laughs> unbelievable I love it so again because they don't want to pay actors to fill those roles and. Uh, Hold on a second. Something's happening. I, oh, sorry. Creature features or <laughs> the inner sanctum. We're doing all-time radio now. That was uh, crazy. Hey, what's happening? All right. That's weird. My wife just walked in. Sorry, everybody. That's okay. It's my fault for being... Uh, I have my back to the door. I hate having my back to the door. I'm a half my. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm that's sorry. Right. I should have thought of that. A little freaky. Um, but uh, all right. So we've discussed movies that, we don't that like. you don't like. And that's sure. fine. That's fine. But uh, so what are some movies, you know, I mean, let's uh, if you want, we can keep it to this year, except I know what the answer is going to be. What what is what are some of your favorite movies of this year? Well, there's no. Well, I said let the right one in. But I mean, there's really no other film of this year (laughs) other than Dark Knight. I mean, it it was. And when the Golden Globes came out and again, I'm that I, I don't know why I care. But when it was just Heath Ledger and nobody else, yeah. you're just like, seriously, nothing yeah. at all? It was like, I, I was angered when I heard that the Academy was not going to nominate the score because too many right. people were involved. But then they they went back on that, so yeah. now they're going to. Uh, it, I, I just think there's still, it, it's like in baseball when they say that there are certain Hall of Fame voters who refuse to vote for a player on his first year of eligibility just because. That's what they do. They don't care how great the guy was. They feel yeah. he has to pay his dues and wait a turn. Yeah. So there's never been a unanimous person voted into the Hall of Fame. Hmm. So that's how I feel about this movie. It's a comic book movie. There are people in the Academy, no matter you know who they are, they're going to say, you know what, it's a comic book movie. I don't care how good it was. Yeah. I can't vote for a guy with pointy ears and vote for that to be Best Picture. Yeah. And I, I think that's going to hurt it. And, and uh, you know, I don't know if that's going to wind up happening at, at awards time, but no. I thought it was fantastic. I, I, there were people, you know, descriptions that I heard. There was a, a guy who said it was like The Departed with Batman in it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and I really... 
I, I agree with that. I thought it was just a, I thought it was a great crime movie. It just happened to have Batman and the Joker running around well, in it. Christopher Nolan has specifically said he modeled it on on Heat. Really? Yeah, he's he cited that as one of the major influences Good. of the Dark Knight. Fantastic. Oh, Heat. We'll talk about favorite movies. I love Heat. Heat's Heat's a great yeah. movie. Heat with Val Kilmer. And there's no greater disappointment in your life than when you're sitting around and you see Heat is coming on. And you turn it on and it's the Burt Reynolds Heat from 1987. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You're all excited for three and a half hours of Val Kilmer and and uh, you know everybody Ashley Judd and it's going to be fantastic. The two major names I know. in that movie are Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, but, but I like it. you're like you're like Val Kilmer, Ashley Judd, oh, and Tom Sizemore, Danny Trio. <laughs> oh, it's got everybody. Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> my my favorite scene in the whole movie is when Val Kilmer comes uh, at the end. He's on the run and he comes to the apartment. And she, Ashley Judd's on the balcony, yeah. and he's going to go upstairs. He smiles, and she just gives the hand motion, which means yeah. our life is over. Everything's you need to get lost yeah. because I've got uh, uh, the guy from Gump here. You know, he was he's going to bust you. I can't remember his name, but Michael was T. That, Williamson. Uh, yeah, 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 Michael T. Williamson is sitting here waiting to bust you, and it, it was just that hand pass, and he makes the face, gets in, and then they pull him. They end of the street. They he's got the fake ID. Uh, love it. Yeah. Every every. Every note in that movie strikes uh, strikes true for me. I love it. It, it was right on that precipice before, like Al Pacino's sort of screaming thing became self parody. Yeah, you know? yeah. When he's talking to Hank Azari and he's like, "Cause she's got a great ass." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. and then he went, "Oh, that worked for me. Why don't I do that a lot more yeah. in in different films and stuff?" You know, yeah. When he's yelling at Xander Berkeley, you know, you can fuck <laughs> my wife and her. What is it like? Postmodern dead tech house. Yep. You cannot watch my fucking TV. Oh, yeah, drags out. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, tone low. I mean, it, oh, it's yeah. great. The whole movie's great. Every every note in is perfect. Except I wanted De Niro to kill Pacino at the end. <laughs> I'm, I'm rooting for him to get away. You know, he's yeah. again that charismatic villain thing where you're just like, please, I would love to see him get away because the fact that he's willing to burn his whole life and just split, leaves the chick in the alley at the hotel and just gone, yeah. puts a bullet in Wayne Grow, and then the fact that he has <laughs> to shoot Wayne Grow, he's like, I got fuck this, I got one thing to take care of, and we can get out of here, willing to risk everything for it, and and wound up paying for it. It's funny, your wife just took Twilight out of here. Yeah, she, my uh, my wife is uh, re. Uh, how much trouble am I going to get in? All right. <laughs> My wife is rereading Twilight. Okay. She read it for the first time about five days ago. Okay. And she's rereading it. Um, she she loves it. She, like, bought right into it immediately. Um, and she can't wait to read the rest of the books uh, as great. soon as she can buy them. And, uh, and, you know, and, I, and when I saw, like, how into it she was, like, my first instinct was to be like, I didn't realize I married like you know a third a tween, but it's, <laughs> but after a while it's just like, whatever. I'm not reading any. I'm reading Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, you know people like what they like, man. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it, it hits a note with you, then you you got to go with it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's I I see Twilight because yesterday I just saw the guy who made Near Dark was mm. saying that they were thinking of remaking it at one point, but he thinks Twilight kind of stole the thunder because it's human in love with vampire, hmm. which is kind of the, a part of Near Dark. I've never seen Near Dark, actually. Well, Dark, the director of Near Dark is Catherine Bigelow, a woman. Okay, then I'm thinking of the producer, maybe, okay. or something okay. like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know who it was. It was, it was at Defamer, and it was a quick okay. blurb. Um, and uh, if you haven't seen Near Dark, I brought it up because it is one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. You should see it. It's, it's another one with... You know Lance Henriksen and Bill Paxton yeah. and Adrian Pazdar and and uh, and vampires who uh, uh, Adrian Pazdar gets turned by Jenny Wright. You, uh, these are actors from the '80s. Again, I keep saying them like you would know who they are. Uh, Jenny Wright was in all these '80s movies, and the second you saw her, you'd know who she was. Mm-hmm. But it's about a vampire family that's that travels by night, and they they're all through, and it's real gritty and dirty, and mm-hmm. it, it's really good. I mean, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's one that every time you know. 
I, I'm perusing the horror section. I'm like, gotta remember to get that one, and then I just never do. Yeah, it came out around the same time as Aliens, and it has Lance Henriksen, Bill yeah. Paxton, mm-hmm. and uh, Catherine Goldstein. I don't know, but Jeanette was, Goldstein. Jeanette Goldstein. Yeah, who, yeah, she was Vasquez in Aliens, yeah. Yeah. and she's the vampire wife in this one, hmm. and it, it's fantastic. I'm a huge fan of that movie, so kind of a sucker for horror movies about families like when the families are doing bad things oh, themselves okay. yeah i never saw the devil's rejects but uh that seems really I, i've heard it's really good it's worth seeing but it's just like it seems really intense to me <laughs> i just it, it is intense uh, yeah when you know when heather or no who is it phila phyllis i don't know one of the chicks from fucking three's company I don't know. Phil, uh, priscilla barnes oh. okay uh, she gets raped with a gun that's probably not uh, a great oh. part uh, and uh in front of her husband and uh, friends, like uh, uh, Bill Mosley's character makes her get up and get naked, and uh, it's and you're just sitting there going, uh, I, like my wife had to check out. She's like, and, and granted, I don't even know why the fuck I'm making my wife watch Devil's Rejects. <laughs> yeah. I'm an idiot, because I saw it at the theater with my buddy Pat, and uh, and we, because I had seen House of a Thousand Corpses, which I really liked, even though mm. it's not great. Yeah, um, but it was it had enough cool horror weird stuff in it for me to where I was like, and you know, Sid Haig is in it, and he's fantastic throughout yeah. the entire film. Uh, and then in Devil's Rejects, it's which is basically the sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah. and uh, uh, it picks up right where you know basically the next morning after House of a Thousand Corpses. The thing that makes me want to see it more than anything is uh, William Forsythe. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I know he's in, and I know the type of character he plays, and it sounds intriguing to me. Yeah, that it's like oh. Even the good guys are getting in on the uh, horrible revenge and torture oh, and stuff. That's that nice. Guy. Yeah, there's yeah. no doubt. And, and William Forsythe is a guy who, I mean, he, he's in the best Steven Seagal movie of all time, which unfortunately, which is a weird thing to say, first of all. <laughs> uh, but also, I can't, I can't think of the name because for a while he had, you know, Hard to Kill, right. Marked for Death, Above the Law. Everything was yeah. a three-word title. I used to do a joke when I first started doing stand-up was that he's, his next one was called Learns to Act. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, he, uh, William Forsythe is, a, is the villain Okay. In in the best Steven Seagal movie there is, and, and I uh, look it up, Google it, find it. Yeah, I uh, I only ever think of him as flat top. But, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so because that's you know I'm, I guess I'm dating myself with that one. That's but, and uh, actually actually where Pacino probably turned the turned the the wheel on turning into that psycho yelling yeah. and screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just felt like liberated to do that and said, "All right, well, you know." But I'm found gonna, it I'm intentionally bringing, funny. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing off Broadway to the silver screen. So. <laughs> Um, it's like, ah, you know what? We don't see enough gangsters as if they were Dickens characters. That'll be, I think Roger <laughs> Ebert said that, said that, but, uh, uh, it's, I was thinking of, uh, William Forsythe and I, uh, a movie occurred to me that it seems like would be up your alley, but I'm not sure. And that's things to do in Denver when you're dead. Ah, not I, a fan. I, I, no, you know why? Cause I was in, the, I was a real Tarantino guy and then okay. I saw it I, again. I, I, I probably need to see it again because I saw it once and uh, immediately scoffed at it because I was like, oh, I see what they're trying to do here. And right. Kind of right. deal. Um, there were a few of those that came out where you just went, oh, boy, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I love Snatch and Lockstock and Two Smoking yeah. Barrels. I love yeah. both of those. Those are and I, I, I went to see Rock and Rolla and I saw about 10 minutes of it before I wound up in a fight in the theater with somebody. <laughs> and we had to split, but it was <laughs> terrible. But uh, so I hope it was good. But I mean, yeah. Snatch and Lockstock are both great. And those yeah. are uh, kind of like. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, it's it's that kind of thing where it's like characters that are so color, colorful. It's like eh, this isn't real life. Yeah, you know, it's like Steve Buscemi plays this hitman who doesn't really talk, and he goes around, and his character's name is Mister Shush. That you that's know, the thing. stuff You're like, like that. It, it, it's. It, <laughs> 
any any quirky weirdness because after Tarantino, like I said, he started it, right. and then all of a sudden there's like, oh, like, you know what? Wouldn't it be great if there was a guy and all he ate were sandwiches, and we called him Sandwich Joe, and he yeah. wound up, you know, murdering somebody, and uh, yeah, I, I that for a while was the thing, or yeah. everybody did that with their crime movies and stuff, and yeah. and, and uh, but it works in Snatch and Lockstock, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. what other one Bullet Tooth I, Tony and all that, and yeah. it would have worked. The only one I initially scoffed at, but it's actually not bad, is Two Days in the Valley. Did you ever see that? You know what? Yeah, and I remember liking it. I saw it at the theater, but I, again, so again, that'll tell you how long ago I saw it. Right. But I remember liking it when I saw it. I never saw it. What's it about? I I can't remember. It's another thing. It's it's very sort of Pulp Fiction where there's a lot of different stories going on at once. And it takes place over two days in the valley. Yeah. And, yeah. and Charlize Theron is in it. James Spader, right? Yeah, and um, hmm. who else? Uh, Danny Aiello, I think, is in it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a lot of it's crime, and then there's money here that needs to go here, but then it gets sent here, and then somebody yeah. else takes it, and you know th- that kind of okay. thing. Yeah. yeah, and I I remember liking it. It's been quite a while yeah. since I've seen it, but the reason that and and you know I I think I've kind of come back around on Guy Ritchie. Like there was a while when like I didn't I didn't care for him because he was like just so stylized, and I think uh, I think people started kind of souring on him a little bit, myself included. And um, but I think I think the reason that he works so well is. He he matches the ridiculousness of the of the characters with the and the story happening with his style. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah, all this is ridiculous. We know it is. I'm gonna make kind of a you know like a a living comic book of sorts. Yeah, you know, and make novels, it ridiculous. Basically. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, and not even like realistic graphic novels, like you oh, know no, like they're... Dick Tracy, you know sure. something like that. With uh... I just enjoy the advancements that British gangster films have made in torture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a guy getting fed to pigs uh, in the bank job. A guy gets attacked with a paint stripper. You know what I mean? Where they basically they 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 blow they take his skin off with a paint stripper while, oh. while he's on the phone. They're like, "You need to come here and bring us our money." And he's like, "Well, what are you? Oh, I can't." And they're like, "All right, well, your buddy's about to get it with a paint stripper." But they don't say that. And, they fzz, and you hear him just scream, and they show the legs start to disappear. And yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, they, uh, I really they, wanted to see the big job. I know I got to see. No, it. you got to see. I got to move that up to the top of my Netflix queue now. You really need <laughs> to see it. Absolutely, because uh, it was a thing I should have seen at the film, uh, at the movies, and then uh, wound up. We watched it on. Uh, I bought it on pay per view at my house, <laughs> and uh, and Karen and I watched it, and, and we were, she was like, "This is a good movie," and I'm like, "Yeah, it is a really good movie." It got actually pretty good reviews. Like after a while, like all those Jason Statham movies, they blend together a little the, bit. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, okay, he's uh, playing a. Uh, Shave head badass kind of guy. But yeah, I, nothing wrong with that. He's, good he's at very it. good at it. Does, yeah, you know, absolutely. That's he make, I mean, he make. I didn't see the third one, but he makes those transporter movies. I like them both. I like the first. Yeah, the first two a lot. Yeah, the f- the third one is very much. It, it almost plays like a sequel to Crank. Like it's almost got the, really? the same vibe as Crank because he has a. Oh yeah, because he has to stay like yeah, yeah, within yeah, hundred yeah. feet of the car. I, or I don't want to say too much, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're like, oh. there is a sequel to Crank coming out next. Yeah. Uh, I know. Next I spring. I don't know how that's going to happen, seeing as he fell from a helicopter at the end of the last Crank, but. Good luck to you. Okay, let's keep in keeping with the same sort of crime. Okay, here's a a film that Tyler and I both hate, and most of our listeners probably do. Have you seen the Boondock Saints? And what do you think of it? Okay, I have not seen the Boondock Saints because I can never find it. I, it's always gone. I don't know if people are stealing it from uh, you know. I, I, yes, I don't, I don't do Netflix. I don't do yeah. Netflix. That's why. So oh, I'm not right. sure I could get it immediately. But I go to video stores all over the place, and I try and I, and I have it on my TiVo, trying to find it at all times, and I can't uh-huh. find it. I see the cut version, but I won't watch the cut up version because I can't imagine. Yeah. But I have seen overnight. Yes. There you go. That's amazing. All right. Yeah. Because when I moved to this town, I I put up that that story from USA Today on my corkboard. Hmm. When I was one of the one of the first things I did when we came to to California, uh-huh. I cut that story out of the USA Today and I pinned it up. Hmm. That I couldn't believe it that it that it happened. And of course, you find out as uh, even seeing overnight, and then you find out as years go by that didn't happen. Nothing really yeah. happened, you yeah. know. And and 
but overnight is amazing. I can't. I I, I want to see Boondock Saints just to give it the you know a little to color my opinion of overnight. But I I, I am fascinated. Everybody needs to see overnight. Everybody yeah. needs to see it because yeah. it is so great. It, it is so great from beginning to end. And uh, his brother just uh, to see it deteriorate and to see that. All reality TV should watch overnight. Like the people, and, and, and instead of trying to make things happen, uh-huh. you let things happen, and you see, and you just film everything, and eventually you're going to get something like that because it was brilliant. And, and the fact that those two guys were able to release it, uh, if you don't know what it is, Troy Duffy is a director. He directed uh, the movie The Boondock Saints. Uh-huh. Uh, but what it was was he was a bartender at a bar in Hollywood, and supposedly the Weinstein's met him yeah. and decided yeah. that he should be a guy who writes a movie. And in, in, in writing the movie, he also was going to be able to do the soundtrack. He had a band. Go yeah. Google Troy Duffy and you'll read about it. He got, it. He got yeah. like one of the most insane deals yeah. since Orson Welles made Citizen Kane. Right. Yeah. It's so much freedom and so much power from being a bartender to nothing. And it went directly to his head. And oh, he's yeah. a fucking moot, meat head from Saudi. I mean, he, yeah. he's just a, a fucking idiot from Boston. Yeah. And, and he, he's a guy so full of himself. He was like a South Park character. It, it was so <laughs> crazy how, how he had all this confidence for no reason. And everybody, and he also it it very much in a minor way shows you how people fall for cults and things like that because all of these people just fell in line behind him like all right cool Troy's got it we'll we'll just go and follow Troy's yeah. lead yeah. Troy's screaming at people that Brad Pitt can't do his movie and he sucks as an actor and he's yelling into the phone this is a bartender yeah getting his first deal and he he's insisting on auditioning the best actors and making them read for him yeah and, and then it's just getting crazier and crazier and he loses the deal within six months uh-huh. yeah because they you know to their to the credit of hollywood they sniff out the poser immediately and they go well you know, first they give him credit because they're like well maybe he's just eccentric uh-huh. and then after just like two weeks they go nah this guy's a fucking lunatic and we need to cut him loose yeah and he starts to gradually lose power and i'm sorry I, i'm monopolizing this but you guys no, know it's fine uh, i mean like i i remember i i started thinking because you watch that and you're like this man is ins- he's ins- he's the one of the worst people I've ever seen in my life. Now let me ask you this real quick: Have you met people like that? Uh yes, yeah, and they're v- very successful in Hollywood. Sure, they <laughs> are. Turns that's out. what I'm saying. <laughs> and so he, some people find a way to make it work for them. Yeah, and because uh, I've met guys like that, and you're just and you're going, I can't fucking believe this guy even gets to cross the street without dying. I mean, I <laughs> I don't understand it, but you know you you. He for some reason he pissed off the wrong people. Like he didn't yeah. he didn't understand when to keep it, when to unleash it, and when to let it go. I didn't, I didn't yeah, I think I think he, I think you're right. I think he pissed off. I think I think he pissed them off. Not necessarily. I mean, the wrong people certainly, but like at the wrong time. Like if 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 Boondock Saints had gotten the release that uh, then that, you can be that guy exactly. Then you can be Joel Silver. Yeah. you can't be Joel Silver until you've got one thing to brag on. Right. I mean, honestly, you can't be the bartender who got a you get you can't have a piece of paper with your signature on it and be fucking Joel Silver. It can't yeah. happen. You need to prove that you can do it before you start acting like that. Yeah. And uh, it's funny you say at the wrong time. That's a perfect analogy of it because he. He started that right from the beginning. Yeah. And that's why they knew quickly. And they still gave him six months because this town is used to that kind of behavior. If you've got the goods, (laughs) though, you can fucking do that. Yeah. But once they saw that he wasn't getting it together because he had that that dangerous combination of being able to talk a great game, but being unable to execute. And and he was frozen because he knew the second he filmed a frame, if the dailies weren't good, he would go back to obscurity. Mm -hmm. So he did everything he could to fucking arm's length it. And and control everything and be the tough guy up until he had to actually prove it. Yeah. And then it turned out where they just went, you know what? We're not even going to let you prove it. 
yeah. you don't even get that chance now because you, you were and they gave him six months even as much yeah. of a jag off as he was yeah i couldn't take it for two hours it's, like no you kidding. watch overnight <laughs> I, I remember the first time i watched it uh, i had it on dvd but then i also had a, a a vcr and i had ed wood in there okay and i remember i was watching overnight and after about 20 minutes i'm like i'll finish this movie I need a break. <laughs> and so I flipped over to Ed Wood, and it was actually weird watching. And then I would watch about you know, 25 minutes of Ed Wood. And I'm like, I think I'll start watching Overnight again. So I would just go back and forth. And it was actually really interesting to watch. the, the you know, It's like, because having seen Boondock Saints, there's a lot of potential. And some people love it. Some people really think it's like, oh, this is the best thing since Pulp Fiction. It's like, just watch Pulp Fiction. Just do that. Sure. You're, you save so much time. But like... Um, but there's a lot of potential. He actually does have a certain flair that it's like, wow, that's he actually does have some talent. If only he had the the attitude of Ed Wood, you know, it's like sure. Ed Wood wishes he had the the talent of this man because yeah. he's like, you know, the nicest guy in the world yeah, he, and just wants to tell stories. Ed Wood loves loved movies and the idea of making movies. Yeah. Troy Duffy has nothing but contempt for everybody and everything. Yeah. And and he's he's that guy as I get older, I find out that, you know what, losers will always find a way to lose. Hmm. And it's, it's something you hear when you're young and you don't even think about it. But yeah. eventually, people will find their level and they will stay there. The greatest yeah. example are people on American Idol. You'll see people that have all the talent in the world and they come out and sing their ass off. But mm-hmm. then when they come off camera, they're jagoffs. Or they're, they're, and you see, you're like, this guy is going to sabotage himself and uh-huh. he's going to get yeah. whacked. He's going to do something weird like go, hey, you know what, I don't need the band for this last one. I'm going to go a cappella. Okay, genius. And yeah. then he fucks up and then they cut him loose and he's like, I'm so good. Yeah, yeah. Are. But unfortunately, it can't just be talent. It's got to be fucking everything else. Yeah. And and that's what Troy Duffy is a guy who had nothing but contempt for Hollywood and for actors. And he pretended like because he was from the streets or whatever, like he had something that other people didn't. And it's funny. My little brother is like that kind of like he, mm-hmm. he's just like, you know, hey, you know what? These fucking idiots. I, I could tell you what, you know, there's any, yeah. any moron who's like these baseball players are so fucking overpaid. What well, you can't you can't do it. Yeah. Uh, you know what? They get paid to play a fucking game. Yeah. Because they're the best in the world at it. Like there's <laughs> there's you know, you can always answer those people with another answer. And then they just go and their their final answer is always just, ah, fuck it. You know what I mean? They, <laughs> yeah. They just they just want to bitch and yeah. they, they want to hold everything else in contempt. And that's how Troy Duffy is, I think. And, and, and yeah. wound up cutting his own fucking nuts off for it. And it's and it's fascinating. It's just like, it's like I, 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 I really don't like the movie Boondock Saints, but I have a place in my heart for it because without it, I wouldn't have overnight. You know, yeah. like <laughs> so. It's like yeah, you know, yeah. gotta gotta look for the silver lining. You know, it's funny is if you Google Troy Duffy now, I mean, mm-hmm. he's like off the face of the earth. Like because I tried to find out what he was doing. Well, uh, he's been making Boondocks too for right. how, however long. But again, it's that know. tortured genius bullshit. He's in some Starbucks yeah. somewhere regaling people with tales about how he got screwed. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. th- those people always cling to that fucking thing. Oh, I would have done it if, if only. Uh-huh. If only if, you know what? Go rent it overnight. You know everything you need to know about that fucking guy. Yeah. So, uh, crime movies. I, 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 I talked about it last time I was on. Thief. I love Thief. It's a movie right. with James Conn. I still haven't seen it. Jesus Christ. It, it is... Again, as a as a kid, it was a movie where I was like, because my dad died when I was young, so I watched that movie, and Jim Conn is a real tough guy in it, and in mm-hmm. my head I was like, oh, this is what a, a man is supposed to be like. He's supposed to be that guy, you know? Yeah. And then uh, it's very much, th- there's a great scene where he, uh, I, I, and I'll say this, I, I've been watching, I watched it recently, and th- there's a, a guy calls him Sonny in the movie. Huh. He calls <laughs> he calls James Conn's character Sonny, and I'm wondering if it was an accident, like from Godfather, like because hmm. it, it's an older man who calls him that, but he, no one else ever calls him that. And this older man never calls him that again hmm. in their discussion because, you know what, Sonny, this is tough. And it's like, yeah. Sonny, are you I mean, 
Because <laughs> that's how indelible the character from The Godfather is, maybe, that this guy yeah. calls him Sonny. It was really weird. Yeah. I, I just picked it up recently. I was like, oh, my God. It, it made no sense. But uh, but there's a great scene. I was, you know, James Caan, he walks into a bar, and he's trying to get Tuesday Weld to leave mm-hmm. with him, and he's late. Uh, and she's very angry that he's late for their date. Mm-hmm. So he walks in, and he's like, hey, come on. we gotta, Let's get the fuck out of here. Seriously, I'll take you. We'll go some, have some coffee. And she's like, look, get the fuck away from me. I don't want, I don't want to talk to you. Leave me alone. She's getting get almost hysterical. Mm-hmm. And a bouncer comes over, and he goes, hey, is there a problem over here? And James Kennedy's like, I got it. So anyway, and, he, and, he, <laughs> and he keeps talking to Tuesday Weld, and she's like, let's go. to." And he grabs her by the arm, and he goes, we are going right now. And the bouncer tries to interfere and puts his hand on James Kahn. And James Kahn just goes, hey. And he pulls his jacket open, and he has a gun in his waistband. He goes, take a walk, Flash. <laughs> and he pushes the guy and they fu- and then he grabs Tuesday Weld and they fucking leave and it's like I, I, even now I watch it I'm like yeah fuck yeah take a walk Flash <laughs> such a great I mean just to ever do that in your life once would be the greatest moment ever to just some guy comes up and he's like hey can I you know can I I'll take care hey take a walk Flash and, he, and then he pushes the guy anyway and they fucking split and then he gets in his car and there's people out on the street and he backs up into them like like get the fuck out of my way and he pulls out just just such a tough guy you know ballsy doesn't take any shit from anybody and it's you know he has a prison mentality i can't give too much away but see thief please if you you have any interest in toughness or or you know macho type posturing god damn it thief is the movie so great there's so many cool things in movies and i i i've never had any of that like just (laughs) like freaking you know like George Clooney and Out of Sight, or I'm, actually, I guess a lot, I'm about to mention a lot of Elmore Leonard movies, but like, you know, just like John Travolta in Get Shorty, sure. just like, you know, James Caan in Thief, like just all these guys, they just have like the coolness at the ready. Sure. And I'm just like, I got nothing. Yeah. I've got nothing. Absolutely. You I'm, you know, I'm and, the guy, I'm like his nerdy friend who, <laughs> who like maybe can help him. Like, it's like, hey, I designed a gun for you. Here you go. Yeah. Like, I'm that guy. You're Foggy in Daredevil. You know what I <laughs> mean? Or, or you're, you're Favreau. You know what I mean? Or you're Microchip. You're Wayne Micro- yeah. Knight in, in Punisher. You know, yeah. you're, just, you're that guy. And it's, it's I, I, I saw, uh, an, what else was it? I, we, I just had it. There was another movie. We same thing where, where something mm-hmm. really cool happens. You're just like, oh, that. Oh, it's Bronx Tale. Okay, yeah. Bronx Tale, when the guys come in and they're causing all the trouble in the bar, and they're like, hey, maybe you guys ought to leave. And they're like, ah, ha, fuck you. Ah, ha, ha. And fucking Chaz Belmonteri locks the door. <laughs> now you just can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Just awesome. So great. And, and uh, yeah, there's tons of that. And, and you're just like, that is genius. Why? I, uh, you and you want to live it, but then you, but, uh, I'll be honest though. When you when you live stuff like that, sometimes yeah. you know. I, I mean, and not that I've been anywhere. You know, I, I've been bouncing in your guns and shit like that, but never had any cool things happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Voice. Ah, what's that? You know, that? That's always how it turns out for me. I think you have to have the you have to have the ability to back it up. Oh sure, uh, with action. Which uh, uh, I'm I'm not a man of action. David, are you? <laughs> yeah, we uh, you know we do this podcast and. Uh, yeah, it's going. I, it's going all right. Um, <laughs> so far, it's about as far as we go. <laughs> so I'll take but, a walk, uh, Flash. Exactly. How about that? So how do you <laughs> yeah. fucking look at right here? Uh, that's a T-shirt. Um, but uh, well, we've been going for a while, and I well, know there you've any got, other movies uh, you, need, yeah. you needed to get to. Any other your favorite uh, movies? Wow, favorite movies. Uh, uh, just really quick, recent movies: Punisher, Warzone. It was it good? Uh, for me, but my it's ridiculous. It's ludicrous and awful. The dialogue yeah. again, terrible. At one point, my buddy, there's there's something that happens, and Pat looks at me and he goes, "You'll be safe here." And the, I'm not lying. Within a second, the Punisher goes, "You'll be safe here." It, it's, <laughs> he had it right on, and he just looks at me and goes, "Ah!" And uh, uh, but but for, as far as like gunplay yeah. and and unabashed violence, 
It, it's like a slasher movie. With I've guns. heard it's, it's like so a good. horror movie. It, it but absolutely just, is. Yeah. There's a great. I, uh, I, I don't want to give it away, but there, there's somebody who takes a shotgun blast to the face, and, uh. like without, like I mean, you don't even see it coming. Like it just happens, and you're like, whoa, that happened. I mean, it was so <laughs> great. Uh, and and um, he's the Punisher. I, I've been waiting. Yeah. The problem is the Punisher is an ancillary character. You know what I mean? In the books, mm-hmm. when Spider-Man is fighting people and then the Punisher shows up and kills people, the, and Spider-Man's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. I'm, I'm like, like saving people. The yeah. Punisher's like, who fucking cares? Nobody needs to be saved. And he disappears into the night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's who he is. In the movie, you know, of course, there's a child and he starts to forget being the Punisher and he wonders if maybe it's not all for naught. And yeah. You don't need that. That's Hollywood movie garbage. Yeah. You need to make a movie where the Punisher is fucking unremorseful and is the Punisher. Yeah. And, and, you know, because there are scenes in the movie where he is absolutely that. But then, unfortunately, he, he has these crises of conscience and it's like, no, he wouldn't. The Punisher wouldn't fucking care, you know, because mm. yeah. a lot of the stuff is triggered in the Punisher because he kills an undercover FBI agent. Hmm. Well, in the comic book, the Punisher would be like, well, so fucking what? He must have done something wrong if he was with those guys. You know what I mean? And yeah. That's who he is. Were you going to say something? I didn't mean to be the guy. Well, I was just, I mean, why can't they do with the Punisher what they've done with the Dark Knight? Because yeah, that, it, that the Christopher Nolan's Batman is a, a darker character and has, and has yeah. much it much more. I mean, it's not as blatant and maybe we'll get later, but about his, he's sort of a psychopath. Sure. I mean, he, he would have to be to do that. Yeah. And I mean, if Batman's a psychopath, then the Punisher is fucking yeah on, yeah he's, out of this he's world. retarded sure and and but the thing is he's murdering people like yeah. batman's roughing some dudes up in an alley and going all right where's the diamonds i mean uh, you know the punisher doesn't fucking care he so just takes a shotgun so in a guy's mouth to make i don't understand why they can't just make a movie that's an honest uh, well that's why honest even marvel even released this under their new marvel knights which is oh it's gonna be the new darker material and and things like that and it mm-hmm. is extremely dark i mean it is just i think i think maybe 180 people get murdered in this movie <laughs> a guy you know jigsaw they show you the origin of jigsaw he gets thrown into a vat of glass at a glass recycling factory mm-hmm. and the punisher turns it on <laughs> and that's what happens he gets ground up with the glass and that's why he gets turned into jigsaw yeah i mean and then they fish him out and he's just a who plays you know, him again dominic west dominic west but that's yeah. the thing is dominic west plays it like uh, so broad I, mm. like nicholson's joker looks at it and goes "Ooh, that's a little out of reach for me <laughs> yeah. i mean it's just he's doing this weird walk and he's like i'm jigsaw like he's like yelling and and it's obviously they went well you know what the punisher is so fucking crazy we yeah. need a villain to be funny and kind of ha ha liven it up a little bit even though he's psychotic yeah and then he gets his brother looney bin jim out which is a great name for a villain yeah and, and uh looney bin jim's introduction is great who then, plays him somebody I, again, uh, I, I don't, don't remember who. Like, you know, a little. He looks like a little pit bull guy. You know, okay. I mean, it's, and he's he's that guy. It's again. You, you, yeah. you always say, "Oh, that's that guy." The guy you uh-huh. see in a million billion movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, but again, the same thing with the Punisher. There's four mobsters chasing the the Punisher all over town because <laughs> he comes at one point in the opening of the movie. He kills fifty five mobsters. Like he walks into a crime family and murders them all, hmm. and in an awesome fashion. Yeah. Uh, and then you know these guys get away, and then they're the only four mobsters that are going to chase him and kill him. But uh, whatever. I got to so. tell you, I'm. Uh... Pretty intrigued. You gotta I, uh, see it. I'm telling you, it's it's horrible. the The dialogue and the villains are horrible, but the Punisher character, when he's not being, you know, there he's he's the Punisher. Yeah. Because when he shows up in the fuck, it's great because the lights go out and he has the skull in like glow in the dark paint on the fucking Kevlar that he's wearing. Yeah. And all, they look up and you just fucking see. It's almost like the you know the anti bat signal, and then he just fucking <laughs> massacres everybody in the room. There are like three separate reviews that all started the article with. How do they keep getting Punisher wrong? Like they, just, it is it is so easy. Yeah. They did it with Charles Bronson. They did it with Clint Eastwood. How are they messing this up? Yeah, 
it you know it's like very successful characters have started like this yeah. and just like wh- why do they keep like giving him something of a conscience or something sure. like that i guess yeah. they need it the well, character to go Punisher somewhere was yeah ridiculous right. yeah the way because they that's why do they Again, why do they need to make him sympathetic? Yeah. And they went so overboard in the last one by killing not just like his immediate family, yeah. but like not his wife everyone and kid. he knows. <laughs> everyone he's ever <laughs> been related to. Yeah. It's a family they reunion. Kill, they killed yeah. like 40 it's, people. <laughs> and they killed Roy Scheider. But that's oh, yeah, terrible. Bummed me out. Yeah, but they're, they're for, for, for the first 15 minutes, he's the Punisher. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, something happens and then he's, you know, he's sad. And you're like, well, the Punisher's never sad. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Pun- I mean, he might have reflective moments, but he's certainly not going to weep or, or, you know, anything yeah. like that. It's just he's not going to have, you know, a snow globe is going to make the Punisher sit down and ponder. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. The Punisher the, uh... arrest. I tell you what, though, I mean, just and I, I had I actually had s- kind of high hopes for it because the casting of Ray Stevenson in that role, I'm like, that was so happy. That's pretty good because yeah. I, I love I love him in Rome. I thought he did sure. a great job. I loved him, too. I, and uh, I heard that uh, I don't know who's counter the, the guy who was in Journeyman. Oh, uh, Kevin, Kevin McKid. McKid. He's supposedly on the shortlist for Thor. Oh really? Mm. I heard that. So I mean, that's that's not bad. No, it's it pretty good. Sense, but it's I, I don't know how small is he small in stature. Or, I don't know how they're going to do the Thor movie. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't. You know, the nor seven foot tall Norse god. Yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, they're I, yeah they're trying. I think like with you know the new Incredible Hulk and then Iron Man and all that. It's like it seems like they're trying to kind of root their characters in reality. Yeah. I don't know how Thor is going to be involved unless they decide it's like yeah he's really big but he's also completely insane and thinks he's a Norse guy. Like, that's the only way I could see them doing right. it. Right. I, I mean, unless you made a Lord of the Rings type film of, of right. Asgard and, and had him out, you know, and then you would go, oh, okay, well, then this makes sense because yeah. it's in that realm. It has and to then be he, completely At the different. end of it, he gets sucked into our realm and it's like, like, imagine that. If you made okay, a, a yeah. movie like that, Lord of the Rings and Asgard and all uh-huh. that stuff and Loki and, and, uh, and then at the end, somehow he winds up in Central Park and everybody's just looking at him and he's standing there with Mjolnir and he's looking around like, hmm. and that's the end of your movie and then he's in our realm. You know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. maybe you do it that way, but right. I don't know. Hmm. Hey, Almost Famous. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got to put that in there because I, ca- I cannot explain how much I love that movie. It was a yeah. movie that I, uh, when we, fir- we moved here, we went inside of the theater and I, uh, I'm a sap and I cried like the entire film. I don't even know why. <laughs> it's a, for some reason it hit me in that way. Um, and and I even said to my wife when we left, I go, look, if I ever start bitching or complaining about anything, remind me of how I felt right at this moment when, hmm. we, when we walked out of this movie because huh. it was fantastic. I loved it. Yeah, it's uh, so you just found like this kid's story just somehow really well, like inspirational or uh, yeah. I, well, not just him. It was Kate Hudson. I thought was fantastic. Oh, okay. That that scene where she, he you know because the Fugit's not a great actor. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but just the idea that he had like this, you know. I, I grew up, I'm sure it all just hit all my issues, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I grew up without a dad, I had a really strong mom, oh, yeah. you know, my mom had to raise five kids on her own, and, uh, but I, you know, I, <laughs> I never applied myself in the way that this kid did and wound up yeah. getting things done, you know what I mean? I was a fuck-up, so it was like, kind of watching it in that alternate reality, going, oh, wow, I, you know, that, that would have been cool to do that, and, and you know, then the relationship with her, his sister leaves, and I, oh, yeah. it hit me with, I, where I lived on a lot of places. And, okay. And the scene with Kate Hudson where he, he basically tells her that they traded her for a case of beer. Right. And that yeah. when she looks up and just said, what kind of beer? As the tear rolls down her face, come yeah. on. You're like, all right, well, she's getting nominated for an Oscar for that alone. Yeah. Everything else was great, but that alone gets her nominated. I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a big Kate Hudson fan, but and 
but that that scene especially it's sure. like that's the way to play that that yeah. you know if you go too far in any direction you're you're doing it wrong she found just the right yeah. you know just the right uh, middle ground there and just but, the perfect uh, ending where he he wound up you know they they debunked him and then he was disgraced uh, yeah. and, and just basically looked at like a little kid and the philip seymour hoffman lester bangs yeah perfect mm-hmm. where he's like you know the the currency of cool and you're not cool we're not cool that's why you yeah. know i stay up a lot drink a lot of cough syrup and just fucking write I mean, I just, I, man, I, I really related to that. I, I thought it was great. I don't drink a lot of cough syrup, and I certainly don't write a lot. But, but I know I would, if I was going to, that's how I would do it. So it was great. Yeah, well, but I love that movie. Well, this has been a revealing look into. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I have more movies to talk about. <laughs> the VP Minisode has become a Maxisode. Yeah. Um, well, okay, for, so. Uh, coming back. Yeah, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Um, and just to make sure, of course, uh, it's Mike. Uh, MikeSchmidtComedy.com You can go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com You can go to MySpace.com Slash MikeSchmidtComedy And uh, you can go to iTunes And search Mike Schmidt Mm -hmm. Or you can search The 40 Year Old Boy Or again If you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com You can click on the podcast page And there's subscription links Whether you have iTunes Or whether you use a Zune Uh, It's all available for you there One stop shopping Yeah So uh, So thanks everybody for listening And uh, we'll get you next time Bye Bye